Well, we've been in a series as of late. Thank you all. We've been in a series as of late um, entitled The Holy Spirit, or not The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, The Help. A series talking about the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. I believe, I personally believe today, at least right now, that there's not anything more important for you to understand and to grasp and to be in a position where you're raising your awareness of who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit can do what He was put here to do. Some people think, they hear a statement like that, and they think, well, what do you mean what He was put here to do? He's everything, everywhere at all times, and He just is, and it's not like He has a job or something, but that's not what the Scripture says. Scripture says He has a specific job and responsibility. The Son had a The son who was the word of God had a specific responsibility and job to fulfill and accomplish, and he did. Father has his purpose and plan, and Holy Spirit has his purpose and plan. And and I'm, I'm just telling you today that I don't believe that there's anything more important, more important for you to grasp and get a hold of, and that is understanding the Holy Spirit and and what his purpose and plan is in the earth. So as I've as I've studied scripture and, and, you know, sometimes you try to find catchy little titles or things that kind of go, you know, that there's usually a word in a word. And, and as I studied the scripture, trying to find a, a, a word that I believe specifically defines what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is on the earth, I couldn't find a better word than helper. That's what he is. He's a helper. Oh, I need, I need to switch. I'm going to help you with the mic. There we go. Now, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I'm supposed to switch. <clears throat> the reason I'm supposed to switch is they don't trust me because I start saying, and the Holy Spirit does, <laughs> and then someone tries to listen to the message, and it's going, so it's better if I have it tied to my head, right? Okay. What was I just saying? He's the helper. Somebody's listening. Um, So, so I I, I don't, you know, I I believe that that word best defines what he, what his purpose is here. And, you know, I've spent thirty five plus years in my relationship with God, I've spent 35 plus years, I got a ring in there, can you get rid of that? I know it may not bug you, but it just bothers me, I'm sorry. Um, But 35 plus years I've spent understanding God, I, I got born again right about the time I turned 18 years old, and nobody ever told me anything about God. I had no understanding of God. I had no clue of God. All I thought that God did was live in, a, in big buildings with big steeples and things on it. I mean, I, just because I didn't know. I didn't know what, who God was or what he did, and I got born again. Someone, someone taught me born again, 
and, and they explained to me what it meant to be born again. It didn't make sense to me, but they explained it to me, and I got born again. And so for over 35 years, I've been spending my, my life understanding who God is and how God operates. I, I don't, I don't want to just go through the motions of talking about God and, and, and that God's just, you know, he's just this kind of figment of your imagination or he's just this, this thing that's so beyond ever being able to understand that's just in the pages of this book that has dust on it that nobody ever reads. Man, you got to read this book. you got to open it up. I, 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 I use my... I use all the, my iPad and iPhone, and I use Bible, but I, I love, I just love the paper, you know. I love the Bible, I love the paper, and love to open, and so I study with this, and the other day, this Bible separated, Poof, it just kind of fell out, and it's hanging off the end, and so I found Lee, and I said, uh, I need this fixed, <laughs> so he glued it and fixed it, you know, you need to be gluing and fixing your Bibles, this, the, 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 this book, if I was to take the book, and I'm not going to do it because I don't want to hurt it, you know, but if I was to take it and throw it up in the ground and let it fall on the ground, I mean, God's not going to strike me dead because this, this imitation leather right here and, and, and the pages that came from a tree right here in itself are not holy. says, Holy Bible. But this book isn't holy if, if it doesn't, if, if, if what's in the pages don't come out and make a difference. There's nothing holy just in the book. And you can, you know, you can watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and you can have that Raiders mentality about holiness and those kind of things, but what's holy is God. And the revelation of God and who God is. And the Holy Spirit was sent here to show us and teach us and reveal to us who the Father really is. That's his purpose and his plan on the earth. That's what I want to know. So I'm telling you, there's not anything more important that you grab a hold of in this day and hour than the Holy Ghost. Now, for the next few minutes, I just want to lead you through some passages of Scripture. If you haven't heard the last two messages... You can go to our website, gatesofthecity.org, and you can go to our podcast, and you can click on there, and go to iTunes and type in Gates of the City, and there's about four or five years worth of messages that you can listen to or download for free, and you can listen to all those messages, any of them, but especially I'd listen to the last couple. You go on there, you download or listen to those messages on iTunes, and 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 get what we've talked about because I don't have the time to go back and review everything that we've talked about in the last two Sundays. But I'm just telling you, it'll benefit you because I believe in the Word. Now, Galatians 5, we've read this verse. Galatians 5 and verse 16. He says... I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another, so you don't do the things that you wish. 
And, and the reason I'm reading this passage each time I'm teaching this is because, because the tendency, and I had a tendency in days past when I would teach this passage right here, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. More of my focus was on, or there was a time when it was that way, more of my focus was on what the lust of the flesh was instead of teaching people how to walk by the Spirit. Because if you notice what it says there, it doesn't say if you don't do the lust of the flesh, then you can walk by the Spirit. It says walk by the Spirit and you won't fulfill the things of the flesh. So if our focus is always on what we're not supposed to do instead of what we're supposed to do, then your meditation won't produce any life. Because the only place that you can meditate that produces life is in God himself. And the Holy Spirit is here to reveal to you the nature of the Father and how the Father operates. That's what we want to know. Amen? So that's what we're talking about is being what it means to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, John 16 and 7, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, but I really like this verse. John 16 and verse 7. Still getting a little bit of ring. Can you fix that a little, just a hair? verse 7 of John 16 he says nevertheless I tell you the truth but it's to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper the helper will not come to you but if I depart I will send him to you so at this point in 400 years at this point where Jesus was alive on the earth, it had, been a, it had been at least what was recorded, it had been 400 plus years since any form of miracle whatsoever had been done on the earth. Jesus comes, he's baptized in the river Jordan, comes up out of the water, the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He's anointed by the Spirit of God and he begins to do wonders in the earth. And then shortly into his time on the earth, he looks at his disciples and he says, listen, it's better if I'm not here. Say, what? What do you mean it's better if you're not here? It's better that I'm not here. I know what I'm doing. I'm doing all these things. But he said, it's more advantageous for you and me if I'm not here. Because if I don't go then there's no reason for you to have somebody to help you. You're just going to depend on me to do everything. I want you to to remember that statement and the rest of what I say today. Jesus was saying, Jesus didn't say he wasn't important. What he was actually saying was, look, I have a plan, and I've had a plan since I've been here, and now I'm about finished with my plan, and there's someone else coming to take over and, and, and continue my plan. And so it's more advantageous for you if I leave, because when I leave, then the one that will help you will, will do his job, and you won't just be depending on me. See, when he was doing all the works and all the miracles, they were fine. They were good. Man, we believe this. Then all of a sudden, he gets taken away by a bunch of Roman soldiers and he gets thrown in prison, and he gets thrown in the dungeon, and he gets whipped and tortured. And all of a sudden, they look at Peter and they say, you were with him. Oh, no, I wasn't with him. I don't even know him. 
One time, two times, three times. All of his disciples, everybody forsook him. Everybody forsook him. But when he was doing all the stuff and nobody could touch him and everybody was, all, you know, he was anointed and all this, man, they were all for him. See, and their trust was in him doing it. So we just followed Jesus wherever he goes. No, he said, it won't be advantageous if you just trust me to do it. He said, I want to anoint you to accomplish it. And I'm send you a helper to help you. Look at your neighbor and say, you need help. Amen? <clears throat> so we're not just talking about a few of us. We're talking about all of us. I'm telling you today, you need help. In a good way. Luke 4, in verse 18, Jesus said, this is after his baptism, as he comes into his earthly ministry, comes into the church, into the synagogue, Jesus always went to church. There was a purpose behind it, because he grew, and for 30 years he grew in revelation and understanding before he did anything in, in, in ministry life. Verse 18 Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, he said, to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable or the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord was on me to do, right? So Jesus said, in other words, I do what I do because of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. Jesus said, I do what I do because of the Holy Spirit. I do what I do because of the Holy Spirit. I heal the sick because of the Holy Spirit. I open blind eyes because of the Holy Spirit. I, I set the captives free because of the Holy Spirit. I Declare the, the, the favorable and the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee, the liberating year. I accept that, or I do that, and administer that. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit's on me. So I do what I do because of the Holy Spirit. I do what I do because of the Holy Spirit. There were several things in Jesus' ministry and to several people that he said and, and th there was one thing, and we, we shared this last week, there was one thing that, that he said that I feel like was very, very important, and he was sharing with Nicodemus, who was one of the most educated people of the day and in his land, and, and he said to Nicodemus, he said, don't marvel at the fact that I say you must be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus had asked him the question, well, what is, what is born again? How can a man be old like I am or at the age that I am and be born again? Does he go back in his mother's womb? No, he, could, he didn't understand. There wasn't an understanding about born again. So today what happens is, and I've had people say this to me, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not sure about the born again thing. I'm a Christian, but, I'm, but I don't know about born again. Well, that, that, that's, there's a misunderstanding. You can't be a Christian, which is Christ-like, without being born again if you obey the Word, see? And that's a whole other area. But, but what happens is people go to a building, they can go to a place and hear things being taught, but if they don't 
come to a place of understanding. It's why we teach born again so that people can be born of the Spirit, see, so that things can change. Because many people stay the same in their life because they blame their past. Well, I am the way I am because that's where my father was. That's the way this person was or that person in my life. I'm just a chip off the old block, right? Yeah, after the first birth. All of us sitting here today, if we, if we took the rest of the service and you came up here and took the microphone and told me things that had happened in your life as a result of your past, we could stay here all day and probably tomorrow and the next day. Everybody's had stuff. Everybody's had things that have happened in their life, okay? But when we talk about being born a second time, born spiritually, Jesus said you got to be born of the water and the spirit. Water being the water of the womb, you got to come into this world, everybody, you wouldn't be sitting in here today had you not come through a womb. And the water of the womb, you got to come through first time, then second time is born again. And the thing that's attached to born again is this, old things are passed away and everything is brand new. So if my father was a murderer, I don't have to be. See? Yeah, I'm affected. Yeah, there's things. Yeah, there's stuff that he had, and there's things that have been filtered down to me and all this kind of stuff. Things have happened. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm born again, see? And now I'm not living after that. I'm becoming like him. And I got a Holy Ghost here on the planet who is here to help me. See, I don't have to do this on my own. I don't have to be like somebody that's on his own all by himself. And we want, we want excuses, we want to continue in excuses, and in this country, in the United States of America, I think like no other country on the planet, it's everybody else's fault but mine, with most people. Look at your neighbor, he wasn't talking to you, so don't get upset. <laughs> but in this country, in this country, it's everybody else's fault, nobody wants to take responsibility for their actions. Why? Because my mama made me do it or my daddy did, or this, or, or our family tree, or, you know, my great, 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 grandfather did something. Well, that's a, that's a reason, right? But, but, but it's real to people. I'm this way because I'm a chip off the old block, and, you know, yeah, Pastor, you know, the way we do it around here, we do it the hard way. Why don't we just do it the God way? Got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're a Texan, baby. Mm. We wear belts with thorns in them. Mm. We do it ourselves. We bleed until we, we drive pickups and we, we run over things and we... Got to do it the hard way in Texas. No, let's just do it the God way. We don't have to do it the hard way. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new right now. Yeah, but you don't know what I did last week? Right now. Yeah, but you don't know what happened two weeks? Yeah, but right now. Hmm? We have a helper. So, look at John 14. John 14. And verse 16. 
Verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who is he? The Spirit of truth. Watch this. Whom the world cannot receive because they neither see him nor they know him. See, when I got born again, I didn't know him. I couldn't see him. I couldn't understand him. Somebody tried to tell me about the Holy Spirit, or they, they used the word ghost, and I thought, like, Casper, you know? I mean, I, what, what, what ghost? Ghost this, ghost that? I mean, like, be afraid of him? And most people are afraid of God because they don't know him, you see? And, you know, and I'm going to say a couple things today that may kind of just ruffle your feathers a little bit, but I'm not saying it to ruffle anything. I'm saying it because you need to understand this. And so don't just take what I'm saying, go open yours and look and see if what I said is actually true. See, but, but we've got to be challenged this way. We've got to be. Because if the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit won't force himself on you and make you make make you allow him to help you he will only help you if you let him help you but see what he's going to help you with is what you need to know about god See, he's not going to help you to fulfill things that aren't the plan of god for your life he's going to help you to fulfill the plans that god already had for you the bible fits so good the bible says that god had a plan for your life before you even were I mean, before Chad was even thought about, God had a plan for him. Well, how could he do that if he hadn't even thought about him yet? Because God's already got it all covered. See, the helper that's helping you, he knows it all. And he's everywhere at all times in all situations. He knows everything. About everything that ever was, ever will be, or ever could even be thought about. He's the helper. And he's here to help you so you don't have to stay you know, I use this word a lot, so you don't have to stay stupid. Okay? I know. Hmm? I went to stupid university. University of hard knocks and knowing nothing about God. And so when you stay that way and you stay ignorant of who God is, then things just keep piling up and keep happening when all along Holy Spirit wants to help you. And yet, we blame God for things that he never even did. It's just that he'll step back and allow things to happen. And it's not that he condones it, but he allows it to happen because he won't step in because of the way he set it up. Now, I'm going to prove it. Verse 26. But the helper of the Holy Spirit who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. What did he say to us? This. So the Holy Spirit is here to reveal to us everything that is said here and what it means for me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let, your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I am. Jesus constantly was telling us it's going to be better, more advantageous that I go away because where I'm going to sit and represent you, I've got a helper that's coming, and he's going to live inside of you, and then he's going to reveal all truth to you, and he's going to show you how to do it, and he's going to help you. 
He's not going to leave you without. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you to, to the ends of the earth. Amen? But see, here's the deal. Notice he said, he said, peace I leave with you, peace my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's the problem. People's hearts are troubled, right? And people are afraid, and so people are stressed, and people are worried, and they're overrun with concern, you know? That's why people, you know, have margaritas for breakfast, you know, smoke a joint for lunch, take a needle for dinner. And then, it, then at the end of the day, prescription drugs to soothe everything else out. This nation consumes more alcohol and, and prescription drugs and non-prescription drugs than ever in the history ever of this great country. And yet, we have more stuff, more education, more counselors, more people trying to help us get set free of this, and there's more of that than there's ever, 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 ever been before. Why? Because people are stressed. Why am I so stressed? Because I'm not aware day to day of the helper's desire to be involved in every decision I make and everything I do. A number of years back, I just going through some, something in my own personal life, I really battled in my mind with being depressed. I was walking through a time in my life and I was battling depression. And I would wake up in the night and thoughts and things would just rattle my cage of my mind. I'd have to get up in the night and I'd have to walk around and pray in the Spirit. And, and, and I'd lay back down and I'd get up in the morning I'd still have it. Went on for weeks and even into months of battling it. And one day I realized that it just wasn't there anymore. I wasn't battling it. It was just gone. But what happened is I had to battle it. I had to battle the attack against my mind. And I've, I've known many, many people through the years that I've counseled with or spent time with that entered into depression and, and a number of them that never came out. And the only difference is, is that I just chose to fight and not give in to it where I've seen other people give into it. But I'm telling you today, just using this one situation as an example, you don't have to be depressed because of the helper. See, there's no comparison with one person or the next person. I'm telling you, you don't have to be depressed in your life because there is a helper. There's potential for, for depression and to be stressed and wore out every day. Every day. It's amazing the power of choice that you and I have that God created us to choose. He gave us His Spirit. He gave us His Son. He gave us the living Word. He gave us everything. But we have to choose to do it. But you won't do it if you don't understand it. And so, depression will have its way in your life or anybody else's life because it comes knocking at everybody's door to be depressed. And what you're learning and what you have deposited and what you're doing with what you're learning will determine the choices that you make every single day. 
comes knocking at three in the morning, what are you going to do? And I'm not saying you have an answer to that, and you may be in that situation right now. I'm just telling you that there is a helper that will help you through it. See, see, the, you know, the drug addict, the alcoholic, the this, in the Christian world, it's, you know, we eat a gallon and a half of bluebell every night. You know, I mean, it's okay to eat bluebell, but, you know, everybody freaks out if people are, you know, into drugs and all these other things. But you've got to have a release. You've got to release somehow. There's got to be a form of release. So if it's a needle, if it's a, if it's a margarita, if it's a smoke and a joint, if it's this, if it's eating ice cream, I don't care what it is, you've got to have a form of release. And there'll be no release in your life. And, 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 and I'll say it like this, and I want you to think about this. What, would a, what does a person go to a bottle for? Because when you're inebriated, there's a release and you're not aware of the things going on around you. Isn't that right? That's why you go. So, do you go to the bottle with no expectation? No. You go to the bottle with expectation, it's going to fix you. And in the moment, ha, 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 yeah, baby, I can do it. That's what comes out of most, I can handle it. See? Well, look, look, but, but, but hear, hear me out when I say this. Here's the thing. We want God to fix it too. See? And then when God doesn't fix it because we just kind of, we said a couple pretty little prayers and God helped me and God, I don't know what I'm going to do kind of thing because we don't want to spend any time in this. You know, I'm not talking about nine hours a day. I'm just talking about you give him five minutes and some amazing things will happen. Give him five minutes in some ways that, it, you know, you'll learn if you hang around here long enough, you'll learn how to do it. You give him five minutes, five will turn into ten and so on because you want it. But we want God to fix it. Miracle, miracle, miracle. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying miracles, okay? But the problem is most people, when they think of God in church, they, they're miracle-minded instead of helper-minded. See, if you, if you sink yourself financially and you want God to fix it, then if he comes on the scene with millions into your hand, now he becomes the enabler, not the helper. Because the problem didn't get fixed. But see, when he becomes the helper, he said, I'm not going to do it for you. But if you'll rise up and pull up your Texas bootstraps and say, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to rise up and we're going to do this thing, okay? And we're going to get after it. And you let him help you, what he'll do is he'll reveal to you why you got there. And then in his time period, he'll get you out of it. Now he's not the enabler, he's the helper. Look at your neighbor, you need help. Tell him, come on, tell somebody you need help. Everybody needs help. Amen? So there's two things... There's two things, or two ways that the Holy Spirit helps. Number one, He helps you. And number two, He helps you to help others. And when you boil it all down, that's what He's here to do. Help you, and then help you help others. 
See, because it, at the end of the day, it, it's the strongest revelation, one of the strongest revelations you'll ever get at the end of the day. It ain't about you. And that's the problem. When it's all about me, and it's what you did to me, and it's what, you know, you know, this situation or that situation, when it's all about me, then I'm not helping others, not God's way. See, we can find ways of escape to help others, but God wants you to help others through the helper himself helping you. See? And so when I'm not living my life expecting God to be the enabler, and then when it doesn't happen, then, you know, well, well if Pastor Burt would have done this, or if Pastor Becky would have done this, well, if the church would have done this for me, if this, the, and I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes and there's things that we can do better that, uh, always. You understand? But at the end of the day, He's the helper, and that's what he wants to do, is help you. Amen? Now, I'm just going to give you, look at John 16, and we're going to end with this. John uh, 16, no I didn't, John 14 and 16, that's where I was. And uh, I want to look at John 14, 16 in the Amplified, just real quickly. So, here are these things that we see. Um, there's, there's, there's one thing that I want you to remember today about what I'm going to read to you right here, and it comes in this song that they're going to play right now. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be So today, I want you to know that you can lean on him, and I'm going to show you in these different names, okay? Th throw up the verse 16 on the, in the Amplified so that we can see it. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, the Amplified says comforter, the one we just read said helper, so they kind of interchanged. So, so we're looking at the Holy Spirit being your counselor, the one that gives you help. Um, you say, you know, you, you might have an issue or a problem in your life and you think, well, you know, I, I need to go to a counselor, but I can't afford him or I can't afford her. I can't afford this person because it's going to cost too much money, but I, but I need counsel. You already have a counselor. If you're born again then you have somebody that will counsel you, but you have to learn to allow him to do that. The second one is the helper or the comforter, and, and, and it is what we've been talking about. That's what he's here to do is to help us, constantly help us. The, the, second, the third thing is that he's an intercessor, and you know what he's doing? He's taking your needs before the Father like nobody can. He's taking your needs before the Father like nobody can. Amen? Number four, 
He is an advocate. You ever been in a place where you needed a really good attorney? When we were buying this piece of property, the tax board tried to tell us that they were going to give us, of this 122 acres, four acres that would be tax-free, and the rest of it would all be taxed. Well, we're a church, and, you know, if the law says that, you know, we're not going to force it, but if the law says that, so I went to my attorney, and he said, uh, uh, make an appointment with the tax board, and we'll go sit before him. So I get that day as we sat before the tax board, and we're about to meet with these people, and there was a, an attorney from Austin there, and he was, didn't really like us. And so we sat there, and my attorney leaned over to me, and he goes, don't say a thing. And most of you that know me, when we get in situations and I have an opinion and I want to say so, and he he told me after about five minutes in, when he could see, he could spiritually see the hair on the back of my neck kind of standing up, he leaned over to me again, don't say a thing. Long story short, I didn't say a thing, and we ain't paying a dime of tax on this place ever. But he's an attorney like no other. You understand? He's an advocate. Number five, he is a strengthener. Hmm? Supernatural strength. I mean, so far beyond a Red Bull than, that you can ever imagine in your life. Huh? <clears throat> you may drink Red Bull every day and you think you got strength. He's a strengthener like there is no strength. But... You, you know, I can say that, and you're thinking, well, he ain't never done nothing for me. It's because you don't know him yet. Okay? I'm not saying it like, well, stupid, you don't know him. No, I'm not, no. Listen, I was stupid and didn't know him. But I've been learning about him, and, and more today than ever before in my life, he's my helper, and I realize that when I need something, he's there for me. Hmm? He's my strengthener. And what was the last one? <clears throat> he's my standby. Lean on him. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's there for you. You feel like you're, you, at times your legs get shaky and all of a sudden you feel like you're going to fall. He's there. Yeah, but he's just on the, no, no, he's there. Well, you, no, he's, he's your rear guard. No, he's before you. He's your standby. He's there. He's there. Lean on him. Lean on me. When you're not strong and I'll be your friend. Nothing like a friend, Right? I mean, there's nothing like a friend. There's nothing like somebody who is a real friend. I'm not talking about somebody that tell you something and, 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 and be your friend when you do for them, but somebody that will stand in the gap for you and fight hell for you. There's nothing like a real friend. Amen? And he's a friend like no other. Lean on him. Right? Amen. So, You have to come back next week to get the last part of what I was going to share with you today. But I'm going to end, I'm, I'm going to end that little part with saying this. And I want you to think about this today. There, and, and, and I'm saying this because I want you to know this. Because what we're going to talk about over the next three weeks is how to activate the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. I gave you a lot of information today 
to kind of wet your whistle and want you to come back for more. We're going to teach you how, by the Word of God, to activate the person of the Holy Spirit because there's nothing more important than you have somebody that was sent to you to help you, but him really actually helping you. Now listen to me. In each and every one of us today, everybody sitting here today, there are few and many inadequacies that are, that are in us. You are inadequate in different realms. Somebody will ask you on the job, uh, I want you to take over this. Oh, I can't do that. I mean, why? Because you feel inadequate. Somebody will challenge you about your relationship with, a, with your husband or with your wife or maybe with your children. You have inadequacies or there's something and you're challenged with that. Oh man, you know, I, I don't know, I have to go ask Pastor Bert that or somebody that I think can do it or I have to go to this counselor and find out from them. I'm not saying that counselors are wrong. Everybody say counselors are good, okay? You just got to go to the right kind of counselors, get the right information, but counselors are good. But anybody that's helping you is helping you, needs to be helping you to connect with the true helper, Right? Okay, but somebody may, you may be in here in church and somebody come to you and ask you to be a part of something that's going on here. We'd like you to be a part of the children's ministry or something like that. (laughs) Not me, no. And most of that is where you, you think you don't want to do it. Most of it is the feeling of being inadequate, okay? So here's my thing that I'm leaving you with today. What if... Every time that some thought comes that you can't do a specific thing, that you stop. And you begin to pray in the Spirit, which some of you understand what it means to pray in the Spirit. In the weeks ahead, we're going to talk about how to do that. I mean, it's no good if I just give you a bunch of information and then we don't teach you how to pray in the Spirit. But it's not so much about you hurrying up and understanding about how to pray in the Spirit as it is to understand it first and then be able to receive it. What if every time you felt inadequate, you stopped and you prayed in the Spirit and you got help from the Helper and He told you, you know what? You know what? God will never tell you you can't do something because of the lack of ability. All God will ever say to you in a situation is, yeah, you don't need to be, you don't need that. It's not what you need to do. There's not time for you there. It's not that. Or he'll say yes. And when God says yes, most of the time, you feel like you can't do it. Hmm? There are people sitting here today that don't feel like they can develop deeper relationship with their spouse or with their children or people maybe because, you know, nine miles a bad road. But we're talking born again. Old things are passed away. Old, everything is brand new. When? Today today. Come on. We don't have to stay like we've been. We can, we're free to be free, but not without the helper. You can't do it on your own. I'm just telling you right now, I've tried it. Hmm? I got scars on my forehead where I've tripped and fallen. Dead falls with a payday in my hand. Anyway, inside joke. Okay. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. Amen?